What's up, Ortandians? This is your girl, Ortandia, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of House of Ortandia. First and foremost, I want to say, I got my braces off, yay! But I do have to wear my retainer every day for three months, so that's why I sound like this. <laughs> and I'm not taking off my retainer to, to, to record this podcast. I'm going to be obedient to the dentist, Okay. But shout out to me for getting straight teeth. It took two and a half years before the braces came off. But shout out to me for a beautiful smile. <laughs> but anyway, let's jump right into this podcast. I'm so excited about it, man. We're talking about black wealth today. Um, a topic that I love. Anything about black history, black people, black progression, I love. I love to talk about it, you know. And so let's, without further ado... Let's jump right in. So we're going to start with my state, Alabama. So we're going to go to Birmingham. And if you didn't know, there is a a historic district in Birmingham. I mean, first of all, Birmingham is very historic as it pertains to black people. But I want to talk about the Fourth Avenue Historic District. This is a place where black wealth was. You know, they because of Jim Crow laws, you know, they weren't able to go to certain restaurants or movie theaters or personal service establishments. But guess what? Black people do what black people do. They created their own space. And um, this is where there were medical professionals, doctors, lawyers, banks, all kinds of stuff. And so it was located between... Let me get my, my directions right. It was lo- located, it was 17 buildings on 4.2 acres. It includes the 1600 to 1800 blocks of 4th Avenue North and part of the 300 blocks of 17th and 18th Streets North. So if you ever venture into Bur- now, some of the buildings on that, sh- on that street, on that strip, have been designated as historic. Um, and then some have been changed altogether. So, but it, if you ever make your way to Birmingham, um, you need to please go to Fourth Ave. It has a rich history, and I mean, man, it has rich architecture. It, it, this is where Alabama Penny Savings Bank came from. It just has, and and I love it because, like I said before. They couldn't go to your banks. It was Jim Crow heavy in Birmingham. Black signs, white signs, or colored signs, white signs, I should say. But the ingenuity of black people, man, we were like, okay, y'all don't want to service us. Y'all don't want to. Y'all don't want us to come in your bank. Y'all don't want us to come to your doctors. Y'all don't want us to come to your lawyers. We have our own. And yeah, it's a beautiful thing, man. And next. We're going to talk about Black Wall Street. Now, I know y'all know about Black Wall Street in Tulsa. Everybody knows about that. But did you know there was another Black Wall Street in Durham, North Carolina? I didn't know that. I was watching a a show, and I think it was on YouTube, and it was like a talk show. It uh, It was already recorded. I was watching it after it had already been taped. And it was, it probably took place the top of the year. And I just watched it about two months ago. And they were talking about Black Wall Street doing North Carolina. And I was like, wait, what? You know, I'm like, I did not know. I've never been to Durham, North Carolina. Um, I would love to go now that I know that there's a, there was a Black Wall Street there. 
But again, same thing as with the 4th Avenue Historic District in Birmingham. Same thing in Durham. Jim Crow heavy. They, you know, they were not allowed to um, go to banks. They were not allowed to go into certain restaurants, entertainment venues, et cetera, et cetera. And so you know what black people did? We created our own. And it was, they were wealthy. They were wealthy. Um, Some of the, I wanted to let you guys know what are some of the major facilities that came out of Black Wall Street Durham that are still in operation today. Let's see. I heard that little note. You heard that note I held? <laughs> um, let's see. Well, it was started by two African-American entrepreneurs, John Merrick and Charles Spalding. Um, let's see. Where are the two? It was a couple of major organizations that came out of there. Let's see. I'm sorry. I should have had that up already. I'm so sorry. Um, I'm sorry. I'm getting it together. <laughs> Uh, North Carolina Mutual came out of there. Um, let's see. I had it before. Now I can't find it. I'm so sorry. There is a sign up. So if you go there, let me tell you the the, lo- the physical location of it. Let's see. It's on Paris Street. P-A-R-R-I-S-H Street in Durham. Uh, it was home to, there he is, Mechanics and Farmers Bank and North Carolina Mutual that are still in operation today. Never knew Mechanics and Farmers Bank, first of all, was started by black people. Never knew that. Um, but yeah, man, it has such a rich history. Everything from entertainment venues to financial services to legal services, medical practices, banks, um, real estate, insurance companies, any and everything was located in Black Wall Street, Durham, North Carolina. So I'm also telling you about these places. So as you're planning your vacation time for next year, I know we're in the middle of a pandemic, I know, but still, we still got to get out there and see stuff. You know what I'm saying? So next summer, plan to go see 4th Avenue District in Birmingham. Plan to go see the Black Wall Street in Durham, North Carolina. Plan to go see Africatown in um, South Alabama. It's right outside of Mobile, Alabama. And Africatown is where the last slave ship known um, to America landed. Um, and it was, land- you can Google Google about it. And it was um, done through a bet. A bet was made between two people that they can smuggle slaves um, well after, you know, slaves have been, slavery had been ended, that they can smuggle slaves into the country and the bet went through. The ship crashed. It's called the ship is called the Clotilda. It crashed um, just off the coast of Mobile and Mobile, Alabama, and the inhabit the the um, the the um, West Africans that were aboard that ship. They made their home um, in um, in South Alabama, and they named it Africa Town. And they're going through a lot of a lot of stuff. They're pre- still there present today. Um, they have. They have what's called like a family reunion every year. 
Um, they get together. I think they still carry the traditions. And let me, while I'm at it, let me just look it up to see what, where are they from in particular. I don't just want to throw out some random information. Um, let's see here. I want to let you guys know where are they from in particular. They are from... Yeah, they came, it was formed by a group of 32 West Africans who in 1860 were included in the last known illegal shipment of slaves to the United States. But it doesn't tell you what part of West Africa. I think it's Nigeria, though. Um, I'm sorry, I'm going to try to go into um, the National American the National Museum for African American History, because they have a they have some information about them. They are from hmm. Oh, it doesn't tell you where they came from. They just say West Africa. Um Yeah, but there are people still the people still live there. They still carry out the the clothing traditions, the food traditions, the dialect um, of their of their forefathers. Um, so that's also a good place to go and visit. Now, like I was saying, they're having a hard time. They're, it's trying to be gentrified. They're trying to gentrify the area. They're trying to put a plant mill there that can dis- that will destroy the people's water supply, air supply, all of that. So, um, yeah, they're going through a lot. And so the next place or not place person I want to talk about is A.G. Gaston. If you have not, this is all along still about black wealth. And I want and I'm uh, this podcast is about encouraging black people to increase our economic um, status. You know, we know what's going on in society. We know that. Um, it's never, you know, it's always been, you know, fractured. It's always been, you know, them versus, you know, them over there. there there's always been white supremacy. We, we know that that's always been. Um, and so I think that one of the ways that we can, uh, along with, you know, legislation, legislation has to change. There always has to be in the forefront. Laws have to be changed and they have to be, um, um, laws have to be changed and they have to be, um, enforced always. But secondly, we have to do some economic things in our lives. So I want to encourage us about people that are, were in, in dire straits, like way worse conditions than we're in. We're talking about the fifties, forties, thirties, twenties. When Fourth Avenue District was up and Black Wall Street in Durham, they you talk about Jim Crow, Jim Crow. So these guys can become millionaires during that time. How much more so can we? And as I'm talking, I'm talking to us. I'm not just talking to you. I'm talking to us. And so I want to talk about A.G. Gaston, who was a businessman out of Birmingham, Alabama. Um, actually, he was out of Demopolis, but Demopolis, Alabama. He was, but he. Eventually, he made his way to Birmingham, Alabama. And he, let's see. 
first of all, his story is interesting. He used to work in a mine. And then he used to sell lunches to the other mine workers. And then he used to loan money to them if they couldn't afford to buy his lunches at 25% interest. So then he came up with the idea, okay, mining is a dangerous job. So I'm going to offer burial insurance for my coworkers. And he, (laughs) so from that, he formed the Booker T. Washington Burial Insurance Company in 19, wait for it, 23. And it later became the Booker T. Washington Insurance Company um, in 1932. Ain't that something? And then he bought a property in 1938, a property in downtown Birmingham called, um, it's at the edge of like Kelly Ingram Park. Um, And he started Smith and Gaston Funeral Home. Right? Um, Then he started a school, the Booker T. Washington Business School. And then he also started Citizens Federal Savings and Loan Association, the first black-owned bank in Birmingham. Um, Then he opened the A.G. Gaston Motel on a site of the uh, building that he bought. So just all of the... And then he was very heavy in the um, civil rights movement as well. But he... We're talking about the 20s and 30s. This man became a multi-millionaire. So if you ever get a chance, Google A.G. Gaston. And I was trying to see what he was worth. What he, okay, his net worth. Here, this is what I'm looking for. His net worth was calculated at more than $130 million at the time of his death. And he died, I think he died in like, he died in uh, 1996. But he was a millionaire long before he died. He was a millionaire in the, in the, they said in the third, in the forties, he was a millionaire, 1940s. He was a multi-millionaire. That's what I'm saying. Like these guys, can you imagine what life was like in Alabama in the 1940s? And this guy is out here just killing the game, killing the game. Whew. Okay, I want to talk about one more place that I would love to go visit because I just think it's just super dope. It's it's called um, the Black Sag Harbor. I think it's up in, hold on, let me find it. I saw a documentary, no, not really a documentary, a short film, I should say, a short documentary um, on Black Sag Harbor. And it's just off the coast of Long Island. And there, there it's a rich property, it's a rich space. These black families have been there. Um, it's just, um, it's in the Hamptons, the beach community in the Hamptons. It was founded in after World War II, when it was deep segregation. And these African-Americans, they said, you know what? We're going to go buy land up here. And they bought land up there. And they've been up there since then. Right? They are 
here's a quote from what is this New York Times, Washington Post through their roots are I'm sorry though their roots are working class these middle these neighborhoods of modest ranch houses and bungalows today are a haven for middle class and upper middle class black families populated by doctors lawyers artists and academics they rank as the oldest African American development in the Hamptons and are among a handful of beach communities in the United States with African American roots. I said, I would love to buy a house there. <laughs> I would love to live there. Now, like I said, they're undergoing gentrification. They're trying to develop, trying to come in there and um, build and and. Do you know, do what gentrifiers do. And so they're, they're trying to fight back because they want to maintain their community where they've been since the end of World War II. They want to, so if you ever get a chance to go to Sag Harbor, man, you'll find a bunch of beautiful black people right on that beach. Um... And some other um, historical black beaches are uh, American Beach near Jacksonville, Florida, um, Sea Island off of South Carolina's, just off of South Carolina. It was a couple of others. Let's see. Those are the only two I can think of right now. But I th- I'm sorry. It's it the area in Sag Harbor makes up of a couple of. Um, Nineveh Beach, Azure Rest, and it's another one. It's the third one. But Sag Harbor Hills is what it's called. So if you ever get a chance to go up to Sag Harbor Hills, go check them out. And then right here, we're going to take a little break. We're going to come back, and then we're going to talk about some modern-day black wealth building. All right? Thank you guys for coming back. First and foremost, I want to say thank you all who bought, who purchased my book, my word game book on um, Amazon called Do You Know Your Bible? A to Z, Person, Places, and Themes. Thank you all so much for purchasing it. If you have not bought one, log on to Amazon.com. If you type in my name, O-R-T-A-N-D-I-A, the book will come up. It puts you in the mind of a word search puzzle book a word games book that's exactly what it is it's called again it's called do you know your bible person places and themes a to z and it's where you go page by page and say hey name all the people in the bible that you can think of who let us start who who names start with a all the places in the bible that start with a how many themes in the bible can you list that start with the letter a and it goes all the way to the letter z and so, but you just, you write them out first. Don't look in the Bible first. You write them out first as quickly as you can. And then you go back and see how many you got right or see how many you didn't know at all. <laughs> so it's a real fun, quick thinking Bible game book. And again, thank you all. Thank you so much to the ones that's purchased it. And for you, those of you who did not go on, purchase one, purchase two, one for you, one for your friend and make a great stocking stuffer as well as Christmas is coming upon us. Okay. So 
on this segment of Black Wealth, we're going to talk about um, modern day um, creative, forward progressive thinking Black folk who are doing things that are out of the box and um, just improving, you know, economic status of Black people, period. Um, But first, before we get into that, I keep saying, but first, but first, but seriously, I want to talk about this movie that I saw on Netflix that was so funny. It's cute. It's fun. It's called Vampires versus the Bronx. It's not a scary movie. Don't think, I know people hear vampires, they're like, oh, horror movie. No, not at all. It's a fun play on the, um, these gentrifiers trying to come into the Bronx and these gentrifiers are vampires. And um, it, it's just, I don't want to give too much of it away, but it's, it's, it just shows how blood suck, sucking gentrifiers can be when they come into a community and change everything and pretty much boot the people out. And without giving too much away, um, who are some names that you were working uh, Zoe Saldana, Saldina, Saldana, Zoe Saldana, I think is how you say her name. Um, she's in the film. Um, I think what's the guy named Desus from Desus and Mero that, um, um, those commentators, I think they have their own YouTube channel. I think Desus is the the one I'm, I'm, no, Mero, Mero. He's on there. Um, I didn't recognize it. I think for the most part, all the other actors are primarily new, but the acting was good. It's cute. It's funny. It's quirky. Puts you in the mind of like a weird science. Remember weird science movie back in the day or, or, um, hmm, Breakfast at Tiffany's, those kind of movies, but black cast, brown cast. Um, I loved it. I loved it. At first I was like, this is going to be whack, but it was really cute. And it really makes you think about what gentrification does to a community. So go check it out on Netflix. Um, okay, here we go. I want to talk about this. When I read about these places or these businesses, I was mind blown. Okay. First, if you're in the Newark area, the North Jersey area, New York area, you have got to make your way to Newark Moonlight Cinema. It's a drive-through, a drive-in movie theater in downtown Newark. It's where the Newark, the, um, the Newark Bear Baseball Stadium used to be. Um, man, it's crazy. It's 7.4 acres. It can hold up to 350 cars. So they they run from July 24th to December the 6th. And so it's so funny how I sound with these retainers on. I'm, I'm making myself laugh. Uh, but I'm not taking off my retainer. I told y'all I'm not taking off my retainer to record no podcast. Um, but they show like present day movies. They show classics. They, still, they show stuff like I'm going to get you sucker and Purple Rain, they show Black Panther, they show, like I said, um, current movies, and then they show old movies, but they show movies, black cast movies, you feel me? And I love it, and it's a husband and wife couple, their names are Ayana Morris and Siri Morris, and it's, again, it's called the Newark Moonlit, Moonlight Cinema, it's a drive-in movie theater. Now, how, like, I just think that is the dopest thing Ever, let me see what they're playing. I'm see if I can get a list of what's going on right now. What are they playing? Um, what's up? What are the upcoming movies? Uh, let's see. 
They're going to be playing Eve's Bayou on October 22nd. On October 23rd, they're going to be playing Coco. I never heard of that. On October 25th, they're going to play I Am Legend. October 29th, Tales from the Hood. October 30th, um, It, Chapter 2. October 31st, Goosebumps 2. October 31st at their evening movie. It's going to be Candyman. November 1st, Scary Movie. October, I'm sorry, November 5th, The Five Heartbeats. November 6th, The Birth of a Nation. And, yep, that's it until the end of, or the the beginning of November. But, yes, they do have some other movies. Because I don't think Goosebumps is a black film. But they do primarily show films with with and about African Americans. Um, But they do throw, oh, oh, child, they show Belly Harlem Nights in early October. They showed the five heartbeat. Baby, if I was in the Newark area, or even if I, yeah, I would be there. Get there. Get You can follow them on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Newark Moonlight Cinema. And it's the second one. It's another one. Not owned by them. It's another one on, it's another one in Pikesville, Maryland. It's called New X. I'm sorry, Next X Cinema. Let me, if you are in the DCT, the DMV area. <laughs> that's how y'all say it right the DMV area let's see what they plan next act cinema it's a young um, it's a young it's a young brother that opened it and I just love it I love again black wealth man black wealth let me see if I can get you the name of the the founder here um Oh, in both locations, you have to wear your mask, just just so you guys know. Um, let's see. I know it's an African-American young man started it because I saw him on, um, I think it was Black Enterprise or something. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Let's see here. I'm going to find I'm going to find his name. I want to give him a, sh- a personal shout out. Um. Okay, well, let me show you what they're playing, and then I go back and find his name. They're going to be playing on Ox. Oh, I'm sorry. They're playing Tenet with um, Denzel Washington's son. They're playing Honest Thief, Top Gun 2. That's coming in December. Wonder Woman. Infidel. Um, Yep, that's it so far. Okay, let's go back now. I'm gonna find. I'm gonna find out. Like I said, I want. I want. Oh, coming to America. They're gonna be playing that as well. Um, hmm. Oh, come on. I want to show it. I want to, I want to shout the brother out. Hold on, y'all. 
Y'all know I got to find it. I'm, just, I'm not going to be happy till I find it. Okay, Anthony Fikes and Robert Wright are their names. I thought it was one. It was two guys. My fault. And let's see. Any any interesting facts about them? Let's see. Nothing too exciting. I wanted to know if they had like, you know. So they opened and remodeled an abandoned historic movie theater in the small but loyal community of Pikesville within Baltimore County, Maryland. They are very handsome, by the way, too. Sidebar. I'm just saying. (laughs) Okay. I was trying to find some more information on them. Let's see. Hold on. Oh, no. Okay. I know it's a black-owned movie theater. Oh, my apologies. It's not a drive-in theater. It is an actual movie. It's a dine-in theater where you go in, have a full meal as you're watching the movie. My apologies. It's not It's not drive-in like the one in Newark. It's a dine-in movie theater. Okay. It's nice in there. Wow. Very upscale. Very posh. Very nice. It opened March 7th, 2019, so they just um, are over a year here. The luxurious movie theater houses 86 all-new leather chairs, new big screens, and a state-of-the-art immersive sound experience. Whoop, whoop. You can get soup, sandwiches, quesadillas, crab cakes, pizza, salmon, salads, among other things. Well, it's very nice. So, guys, please, if you are in the DMV area, go check out the um, Next Act Cinema in Pikesville, Maryland. Okay, moving right along. I want to talk to you guys about, I love food channels, like the Food Network, Cooking Channel. But oftentimes, they don't, they have, they do have some black people on there, right? And that's nice. They may have one or two, maybe four, not necessarily, not nearly as many white chefs um, as I'm sorry, not as nearly many as white chefs that they have. So there's a, there's a new cooking channel that was started by, um, Mr. I'm going to butcher his name. His name is Terrence Quillins, Q-U-I-L-E-N-S senior on Labor Day of 2020. He launched tasteontv.com. It is a 24 hour all cooking channel dedicated to black chefs. So everybody from low country cooking chefs that are that chefs 
that are from the South Carolina area to Haitian chefs to continental African chefs to chefs from all New Orleans chefs, you name it, there is a chef for you. And they're very, these guys are real. They're, you know how, you know how black people are in the kitchen. It is just dope. It's just dope to see. And you can watch, if you have Roku, you can watch it on your Roku. Just search for Taste on TV. You can find it on your iPhone app. It's in your app store or your Google Play app if you have an Android. You can also go on their website. Again, that's Taste, T-A-S-T, on TV.com. You can watch it right on the website. 24-hour, all cooking channels dedicated to black culinary professionals. I love it. So next thing I want to talk about is Plant Bay in Montgomery. Montgomery is my city. Whoop, whoop. There are a couple of vegan restaurants there, but this is the only black-owned vegan restaurant in Montgomery. It's called Plant Bay, B-A-E. It's in downtown Montgomery. And the last time I was home, me and my nephew tried them out, and the food was amazing. I had like a raspberry rye. It's called a raspberry rage or something smoothie that I had. Then I had the, um, they had a Beyond Meat burger, but it was, it was, man, it, it, it was amazing. The, from the bread to the fixings on the burger, I had sweet potato fries. My nephew had their version of chicken fingers. It, the decor is amazing. It's a husband and wife couple. The wife is a physician. I can't, let me, let me find their names. I want y'all to know their names as well. So Montgomery is another place that every black person should frequent at least once a year. Cause that's a lot of our civil rights history was birthed out of Montgomery, Alabama. Um, so, and that's also where the, um, National Litching Museum by Brian Stevenson is, as well as Civil Rights Museums are there, Rosa Park Museum, um, and a number of uh, Dexter Avenue Baptist churches there, um, a number of other things pertaining to black folk are there. Okay. Um, Plant Bay. Hold on. I want to get you guys the founders. Good food, man. Ooh. Let's see here. Thank y'all. Y'all sticking with me. Thank you. Thank you. We just talking about black wealth today. We just talking about black wealth today. Let's see here. If I can find the owners. They started in 2018. They opened in 2018. And the founders are Dr. QB Bradford. I'm probably not saying her name right. <laughs> And her husband, Eric Bradford. Um, she's a physician and he is a certified personal trainer. I'm telling you, I'm going to read some of the things off of their menu. Now, my nephew was a hard sell. He's a straight up soul food. Don't give me no food, food, food. I ain't trying to hear it. But I got him to go in there and he enjoyed it. Um, Where's their menu at? Oh, here we go. They have quesadillas. They have their own salad. They do something. Okay. I know I wanted to say something. 
They have a, a food assistance program for the elderly in the community. Um, that's weird. I'm not able to pull up there. Oh, here we go. Oh, come on, Internet. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to make y'all wait while I try to read the, find, pull the menu up. But they had burgers, your typical burgers, fries, wraps, bowls, completely plant-based. Um, they don't use um, dairy either. So they do use soy products and tofu products. So if you, you know, you just have to ask which ones are soy, which ones are tofu, but the food is very good. Very, very good. So that's Plant Bay in Montgomery, Alabama. And I want to talk about another spot here in Philadelphia. I have not visit, visited them yet. It's called Bold Coffee Bar. They're in Philadelphia. It's a black-owned coffee shop here in Philadelphia. There are a number of them here, though, um, black-owned coffee shops. But these guys are relatively new. I'm going to get you the owner's names if my internet will partner with me. You know how it goes. Every time you need something, your internet trip on you. Okay, Bowl Coffee Bar. They're on Ridge Avenue. That's in the Maniac Roxborough area of Philadelphia. Um, they have your typical drinks, cold brews, lattes. Things of that nature, pastries, your pumpkin spice lattes, etc. Again, I have not gone there, but it looks amazing from the website. And a friend of mine has gone there. She she enjoys their coffee. Um, it's it was set, uh, started by two females. I'm sorry, I can't find out. They don't have their pictures or their names up here. But anywho, shout out to them. <laughs> you can find them on Instagram and Facebook, Bold Coffee. Bold Coffee Bar, my apologies. And the last thing I wanted to talk about was the Better Buggy. Now, this is a grocery shipping delivery services in Atlanta. Black owned. And so they go to black stores, black farmers. Um, which is dope, right? And they're like your, your Instacarts, your, those things, but they're black owned and they, you know, Atlanta has a lot of black owned. I just thought it was very creative of these guys. I'm going to find them the better, but it's called the better buggy. So if you're in the Atlanta area and you want to shop black at black grocery stores, black, um, health and food, health food stores, Black farmers, they even go to black farms. Go onto the betterbuggy.com site. I'm going to find them for you so I can give you their website. It's called the betterbuggy.com.
always said grocery shipping and delivery service. Let's see, who are, who are their founders? I am having a challenging time. <laughs> I should have had this up already. That's my fault. Let's see. So husband and wife couple. Oh, they're very cute. Uh, let's see if their names are listed here. Their names are not listed. Talk on it. Come on, guys. But anywho, if you're in the Atlanta area and you want to shop black at black groceries, go to the betterbuggy.com's website, sign up. And yeah, that's all I want to talk about, man. That's it. I just wanted to encourage you guys with economic growth um, individually and collectively. And that's a part of our forward progression. Like I said, legislation is always paramount. But then um, parallel to that is our um, just growing economically, creating businesses, creating um, products, um, investing in stocks, buying real estate, buying um, land. Like the, It's a group of families, if you haven't heard, it's, a, it's a, a group of black families down in Georgia who bought a crazy amount of land. They're going to start their own little city, little town there um, full of black folk. You know, a modern day black Wall Street, which I think is amazing, you know. And so, man, as I talk to you, I'm talking to myself. Economics. Economics can put you in a different. I mean, of course, I don't want to make it sound like, oh, as long as we, we have we have money, we don't have to worry about racism. That's that's not what I, I don't want to. I'm not trying to paint that picture, but. You know, it just it it gives us more opportunities to do things, to move in, to move a little differently. You know what I'm saying? And so I encourage you as I encourage myself to start something, create something. Um, I don't have any children. So whatever I would start or create or invest in, I would leave to my nieces and nephews and great nieces and great nephews. And so for you, you might have children or grandchildren that you can leave to the next generation, something that you can leave for the next generation. So I encourage you to do so. And like I always say, I want to see you in heaven with your girl. Because let me tell you something. Heaven is going to be lit. (laughs) And I'm out.